Moncrief on News Talk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Now that Queen Elizabeth is buried and Charles III is king, many countries around the world are reassessing their relationship with the monarchy. Australia is one of them, though the debate there may continue for some time yet. Peter Fitzsimon is chairperson of the Australia Republic movement. Afternoon, Peter. Good afternoon, Sean. Thank you for having me. How do you think the calculus has changed since the death of Elizabeth in terms of uh, of, uh, Australia becoming a republic? It's very interesting. The reaction in Australia has been very wide and very deep, and I think it's shocked a lot of people. She's been there for 70 years. She was there for the Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II was there for 70 years, and she was the one stable point in a lot of lives. You know, jets have got faster, fax machines have come in, the internet's come along, empires have risen and fallen. And she's been there. And so the reaction in Australia was was visceral. And and we at the Australian Republic movement were, we decided that for the 10 days of the official mourning period, we would cease our campaign. We took some criticism for that. But as I put in the paper in the Sydney Morning Herald today, the idea that we, in the face of this tidal wave of grief and high emotion, we could stand on the shore and divert or divert this tidal wave for our purposes was ludicrous. So to get to the to answer your question it it changes everything because while she was there it was always going to be very difficult to conduct a referendum to, for us to become a republic I've been chair of the ARM for seven years. Many people have said to me I'm a republican but not while Her Majesty's on the throne Charles the Thir- King Charles III is now obviously on the throne. And again, as I put in the Herald this morning, we at the Australian Republic movement are in the business of evolution, not revolution. And clearly, a new chapter comes along with King Charles III. He does not enjoy the same level of fierce loyalty that Queen Elizabeth II did. Mm. Uh, Now, presumably, uh, because there are issues like banknotes and coins to be addressed in the the not-too-distant future, do you have any sense of what might happen in relation to that? Well, it's very interesting. Anthony Albanese, who is our Prime Minister, he is a very strong Republican, and for the first time in the history of Australia, we now have, to use a phrase used by a monarchist, a Minister for the Crown devoted to removing the crown. And so there's now Assistant Minister Matt Thistlethwaite, who's in charge of bringing on a republic, and the Albanese government has more or less stated that should they win a second term, we'll have a referendum on the republic. And it therefore surprises me, and I, I think it surprised many, that they said, well, we're, just, we're going to change the notes over. Um, we'll soon have the image of King Charles on our coins and even on our $5 note where there's a famous portrait of Queen Elizabeth II. And if you didn't know better, you know, it's not that it's Anthony Albanese is a Republican and no doubt about it, but he has been very strong on, I guess, gradual change, not quick change. So he's, he has been the mourner-in-chief in many ways for 
Elizabeth II. And so all those coin changes will come in. And it is surprising because I think it was 23 years ago, a friend of mine, Joe Hockey, was who became the Federal Treasurer of Australia. He was the relevant minister in the John Howard government. And he, in the late 1990s at least, he announced that we were going to change the image of the Queen of England on the $5 note, at which point he announced it and there was a very strong phone call from Prime Minister Howard saying you will do no such thing. And he did no such thing. So it was already in the wind 23 years ago Mm. and yet now, even after the death of Queen Elizabeth II, they're still going to go ahead with it, which surprises me and many. Yeah. The, the, now, as I understand it, polls are kind of hovering around the 50% mark that went down slightly uh, in the wake of her mm. death. Um, that other 50% that who, who want to maintain the link with the monarchy, what do they see that's in it for them? Look, I've been making this argument for seven years as chair that the, the, I find the polls that have been taken at the height of the period of mourning just about irrelevant. Mm. That you know, like of course they went down. One poll went down one point. One poll had us down five points. One poll had us down eight points. It depends in the way you frame the question. But as I say, there's been this visceral reaction in Australia. But the fifty percent, it's uh, what what I've struggled with, and what the movement has struggled with is to engage many of our fellow Australians. I look upon it, and I've stated it for seven years, the idea that in the 21st century, the third decade of the 21st century, Australia can do no better than to find our head of state from a family of English aristocrats living in a palace in London, to me, is ludicrous, just completely ludicrous. And I look at it and I go, well, geez, we're better than that. We're strong. We're independent and independent-minded people. We punch above our weight in so many fields. And yet somehow we say... No, no, we need we need a, a family of royals, of aristocrats to to ha- to to provide our head of state. Now, I find it ludicrous, and a fifty percent of the people find it ludicrous. But another fifty percent find it well. That's the way it's always been. That's our tradition, and the system ain't broke. So so don't try and fix it. And they find they they say that that is part of. Australian stability. So they genuinely fear that without the royal family, if we were left to our own devices, you know, we'd, we'd wander off into chaos. And another one that they point to, I must say, the advent of President Trump in the United States. I think that has affected us because it used to be that America was, again, in terms of the republic, they were the high point of stability. You can trace it all the way back to George Washington four years or eight-year terms. I guess Franklin Delano Roosevelt had 12, or the better part thereof. Or maybe it was three and a half, whatever. It was a long time. But, you know, it was stable. And with President Trump, a lot of people have looked at republics and said, well, no, we don't want a President Trump. We don't want people storming our capital or our version thereof. And so that other 50% point to the Constitution monarchy and they point to stability. Yeah. The uh, now I, I I imagine it'd be a point of debate in the sense of what form of republic Australia might take. Yes, well, it's interesting. I wrote a book called The Catalpa Rescue, which was 
the second greatest story in the history of the world, which is the the you know the Irish Fenians, and I love that story. I mean, that is the best story of the Fenians. That uh, sixty sixty two of them were sent to the Fremantle prison, and and uh, John Devoy was the was the genius behind it. It's an amazing story, and of mm. course he devoted his entire life to it. And in the early nineteen twenties, I tell you, you know your history better than me, but you know Ireland becomes a republic. And I don't know what kind of... Well, I'll, I'll go to Australia. We have, oh, of the people that want to become a republic, if you show me 10 republicans, I will show you six preferred models. This is the model I want, they will say. And two of them will say, if you don't vote for my model, if you put up another model than mine, well, I don't want any part of it. And so the key schism in the models is those who want a an, an Irish-like system where where you have well you again you'll tell me where I go wrong but you know you popular vote of the people you have the people that are nominated and you you come up with you know a fantastic well in my it's not for me to say but I met your professor Michael J Higgins and I loved him I just thought what a charismatic wonderful person and he came to Australia two or three years ago and I had a seminal moment of understanding I guess when he came through the door speaking to 500 people at a lunch in Sydney it was here is this representative of Ireland coming across the seas representing the people of Ireland our governor general at the time was another very fine man Sir Peter Cosgrove but if he had come through the door at exactly that time he would have been representing the Queen of England. And when Mike Pence, the Vice President of the United States, visited Australia, I think it was February of 2018, he put out a tweet and he said, I've just had the most wonderful afternoon with Queen Elizabeth II's representative to Australia, Sir Peter Cosgrove, Governor-General. And he was right in every particular, but that's what goes out to the world, that all these years on... One of ours, our Australian, Sir Peter Cosgrove, is representing Queen Elizabeth II to us. And so in Australia, there's two models. One is your Irish model, where there's actual election. The other one is where the the Prime Minister, the way it works now, the, the way it works now is the Prime Minister selects an eminent person and the Queen of Elizabeth, Queen Elizabeth II, uh, well, the, the sovereign, the King or Queen of England, signs off on it to say this is the person, that this is okay that this person be the Governor-General. The minimalist model, which I used to like, was everything stays the same, but instead of the Prime Minister asking the King or Queen of England for sign-off, asks the Parliament of the people. So between minimalism and direct election, that is the basic schism, and it's been very difficult to navigate a way between those two basic models. Mm-hmm. There is another model which says we should have no head of state at all. We should just, no formal head of state. The Prime Minister becomes the head of state. There's another model because we're in a we're in a position in history, our history right now, where we're trying to recon, reconcile ourselves with our extremely difficult past with our Indigenous people, Australia's Indigenous people who've been treated appallingly uh, in, through our history. And my, there was a notion put up the other day that the position of our head of state should be reserved for an Indigenous person. So there's all these models that come up. 
and it's been very difficult to navigate to find one that will gather the most people. Yeah, and, and do, do Republicans debate so, as to whether Australia would remain within the Commonwealth or not? No, that's not a that's not an issue. There are fifty four nations in the Commonwealth, and at the moment, only fifteen of those those fifty four are constitutional monarchies under Charles the Third. And of those 15, six of them have said, we're getting out, we're going to be Republicans. So probably by this time in two years, I would imagine, there will be nine left, nine out of 54 Commonwealth nations loyal to King Charles III. There's never been a notion of leaving the Commonwealth. Yeah, that's so interesting. Interesting times ahead, I imagine. Peter Fitzsimons is chairperson of the Australia Republic Movement. Peter, thank you very much. Thank you for having me, Sean. You are listening to the Moncrief Show on News Talk. We're going to take a break after that, crashing into an asteroid. Moncrief. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Weekdays at 2 pm on News Talk.